1: Happy Labor Day weekend, folks. Past Labor Day weekend, I should say now. And welcome to the Pod Street Bullies. Folks, my name is Derek.
2: And I am John. What's going on, everybody? We're here to
1: tell you why people are on the hot seat this week, why they're not oh, on the hot seat, yeah. and everything in between, as always. But, folks, first, you can find us on Philadelphia Sports Network with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. Multiple other platforms that I just don't want to mention right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're there; you'll find us. I swear. Wherever podcasts are sold, yeah, it's like those TV commercials, like with the miracle knife,
2: right? Like, and thirty years later, you find them in the stores. You're like, oh, I remember that. What's the stuff that was it like Shazam? Shamwow. Shamwow. Oh. That what is that guy's a, name? What is a Shamwow?
1: It's like a, a rag that soaks up stuff.
2: Oh, so it's like a washcloth?
1: Yeah, essentially, but it's got like a ridiculous amount of
2: absorbent powers. I wish I created something cool. I well, just, I mean, I guess Pod Street Bullies. I yeah,
1: just, yeah. You created this is a wee well, thing.
2: No, I mean <laughs> I know, but I'm part <laughs> yeah. of it, so I was just thinking, you know.
1: Yeah, we're part of something special. I, I would hope so. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd anyway. like to meet Billy Mays, dude. Remember that guy?
2: Yeah. Oh, Billy yeah. Mays here. That guy could sell anything. That, oh my god, yeah. I mean, he I was, never bought anything he sold, but I'm assuming people did. Yeah, the people with the money that they have to spend,
1: unlike us. Um, right. But, but, folks, we told you what we're going to do here.
2: Um, this is going to be dramatic, man. This might be the most drama-filled episode is. we have.
1: I I mean, we're talking hot seats here. It's people's jobs that are on the line, potentially.
2: Yeah, boy.
1: A few of them are going to be on the line, we'll say. um But without spoiling any of it and really getting right down to it, What do you say we
2: start? Yeah, let's start. I mean, do you want to kind of tell the people what we're going to do?
1: Yeah, so what we're going to do here is go through all the players that are on the roster. I should say most because there's some when you look up, you're like, why is that guy on the roster right now? But the people we know that are going to slot into the lineup. We're going to tell you why they should be on the hot seat, why they shouldn't be on the hot seat, and whether we think they are on the hot seat. Right. Yeah,
2: so without further ado. And real quick. We yes. know this is all speculation. It's still the offseason. We're having a little fun. Just have some fun with us.
1: We need to talk about something, folks. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it, this is just kind of another fun way to talk some Flyers hockey, put our opinion on it, and stamp yep. it out and send it out. Yeah, boy. So now, without further ado, unless John's going to interrupt me one more time. I mean,
2: I could, but I, I, th- I think I'm good.
1: Yeah, we're, we need to – we were on a time crunch here today, so – all right, oh, shut your mouth.
2: You got it. <laughs>
1: First player up, Sean Couturier. Hot or not? Or why would Sean Couturier be on the hot seat, John?
2: I mean, I guess if if Sean Couturier were to be on the hot seat, it would be because he falls into that whole "this core is not working" okay conversation, right? I yeah, I I agree with that. Too many people bring that up, and it's like. Right. I mean, well, I don't want to give my final determination with him yet, but like I think if if you were to find one thing that would put him on the hot seat, it would be like by association with being like the Flyers' core, and the and if they're not having a successful year, them yeah. going, oh well, he's part of that core that's just not getting it done.
1: You're right. And I, my opinion on this is that. For the past two seasons, he's shown us his potential on offense. We knew his defense was good. His offense yep. is is rounding out, which is great. Now it's kind of become expected. So if he can't live up to these past couple years, this coming up year, that could kind of, you know, unsettle the fan base a bit.
2: Okay. Yeah, I mean, those are both legitimate reasons. So now we'll jump to why he wouldn't be. Why he wouldn't be?
1: Look at the guy's cap hit. Right. I mean, good lord, you're gonna pay what is
2: it? A little over four million dollars. That's a hell of a bargain for a player the caliber of Sean Couturier. Right. I mean, and he's 26, and he's an effective all-around hockey player. Like, even if his offense takes a you know takes a decline a little bit, he's still producing defensively, and the cap hit, and he's young-ish.
1: Yeah. There's still, I mean. We say, time to develop, time to develop. Like I'm sure we haven't seen peak Sean Couturier yet, which is kind of scary for other teams in this league. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, the verdict, hot seat or not? Not. Definitely not. Next player yeah. we get to, we're going to kind of, the, the trend I see is like centers then wings and then defense and goalies. Um, but next player is Nolan Patrick. Why would Nolan Patrick not be on the hot seat, John?
2: Ooh, why will he not be on the hot seat? Yeah, we're going to flip the script here a bit. Oh, man. Good thing I was listening. Um, Thank God someone listens to me. He he will not be on the hot seat if he has an increase in his production. I mean, and not just like one or two points. Like if we start to see him having like a 45-point, 50-point year, especially centering that third line.
1: Okay. I went more the route of because he's the number two pick two years ago, Other guys, I kind of compared him to some of the other number two picks: Sam Reinhart, Alexander Barkov, just to name a few. And I'll get to two more here when we talk about whether he is on the hot seat or not. It took guys like Reinhart and Barkov a few years to really start producing. So, yes, he was thrust into this team early, and it was kind of like, "Hey, you know, you're in the NHL now, buddy. Let's let's pick the game up." It, It takes a little bit. There's still a curve. There's a learning curve in this game, and I agree with you. Some guys pick it up like that. Other guys. Take a year or two or three or four, you know, but I think he'll live up to it eventually. Yeah. So then
2: why would he be on the hot seat? So I think it's a mixture of things. One, he doesn't have that, that jump in his production, and the Flyers' management becomes impatient. You know, I mean, just like you said, some people take a little bit longer. If the Flyers don't want to wait a wait around, For him or feeling impatient with him then all of a sudden he becomes on the hot seat because you still have that he's a number two pick maybe in a different setting he'll do better maybe they can get some value for him yeah and you
1: look at guys and these are the other two guys i wanted to discuss patrick line in 2016 was the number two pick and the number two pick in 2015 was jack eichel he's not producing like those two guys
2: so no i mean and you could argue that patrick line is on the hot seat
1: Oh, for sure. He's definitely fallen out of favor in Winnipeg from what we've been reading. Right. Um, But it's also a contract year. So this is the year that it's like, okay, bud, prove it. Prove why we're going to sign you to a big contract next year. Exactly. So overall, hot seat or not? Hot seat. Hot seat. I agree. I like the way this
2: is going right now. Yeah. And if I could just elaborate a little bit on that. Sure. I don't think that he should be on the hot seat. But I just think, you know, if he doesn't do well, there's a chance that we don't do as well as we need. And then all those dominoes just start to fall and you look for scapegoats and you start to go, hey, this guy's not living up to expectations. So, yeah, there's pressure there. Oh, for sure.
1: There's pressure on every player to an extent. But because of the circumstances surrounding Patrick, I think that the hot seat's definitely warranted, but not to the extent of other players we're going to discuss here sure so moving on to the next person we have scott lawton okay all right why would scott lawton end up on the hot seat john
2: i don't really know i mean is he even hot seat worthy at this point i mean what does he got he's got a two-year 2.3 million comp uh contract he's a fourth liner yeah i don't really think that there's There's much reason for him to be on the hot seat. There's not, and it's more of a stretch than anything,
1: but what I put down was the fact that he is a former first-round pick. It's a late-round pick, but a late first-round pick, I should say. But with the 2.3 cap hit um, and presumably being on that fourth line, is it the most egregious contract? Of course not. But, you know, to this point, he's played that role very well. Yep. But it's only, I guess, it's got to hinge on expectations. And if your expectations are for him to round out that fourth line and play like a fourth liner, you're going to be impressed. If it's to bump him up to the third line, like a top nine, God forbid a top six role, I doubt that, obviously. But that's where you might find a little bit of disappointment with this.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I'll just kind of segue into why I don't think... He would be on the hot seat, and I think there's a level of acceptance that he is just kind of that fourth line, if you need him to be on the third line for a little bit type player. Uh, I think the organization accepts it at this point, and they're going to be fine with his production where he is.
1: I absolutely agree. And I guess if, if you're not going to put him on the hot seat, you know what's your reasoning why you're not going to put him on the hot seat?
2: Right. Yeah, you know? I mean, he's, he's not on the hot seat for me. No,
1: not for me either. He knows his role. He plays it well. Is the cap hit more than what you know we'd like? Sure, but if we're going to nitpick here, that's what we're going to nitpick about. That's the only thing I can think of. Right. Yeah. So the next person we're going to talk about, we're going to jump into Kevin Hayes, newly acquired flyer.
2: Yeah, this is an interesting one.
1: Absolutely, because... We, we don't I mean yeah we could look at you know his stats from past years with other teams but we don't this is a wild card here we don't necessarily know what he's gonna be doing here in Philly
2: yeah I mean and it's like so which direction do you want to go here because that's how I'll kind of lead my comments do you want to go why he would be or why he wouldn't be let's let's go why he wouldn't be on the hot seat first okay because he's new to the organization right and Um, the organization is who signed him to this large contract. Of course, he's going to accept it. You know, if he doesn't produce to the level people want, it's not necessarily him who I would think would be on the hot seat. He still has expectations to live up to, though. That's the thing. You're right. You're right. But when when you think about the hot seat, right, you're thinking in a sense of like it's an organizational sense because Mm – He's going to be on the hot seat in the mind of Chuck Fletcher, who would then be like, oh, you know what? I'm thinking about moving you. And I don't think there's any possible way, even if they, you know, I I just don't think there's any way they would consider moving him. Yeah, and I think
1: my reasoning behind this is the fact that he's rejoining a club whose head coach is Elaine Vino, who he's very familiar with, and he had some relative success under him. And he's got some solid potential line mates in Jake Voracek and JVR. So, in my mind, there's no way this guy doesn't put up at least forty-five points, forty-five to fifty, let's say. Yeah. So not for not being I on the hot seat. That. Yeah. Now we could go on for days about why he would be on the hot seat here. Um, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but
2: but but again, I just I don't think I think all the reasons that we could come up with the hot seat wouldn't really turn to him. I think it would turn to management.
1: You're right, because it wasn't him that, you know, well, I guess I should rephrase. The whole thing with, you know, they've got to overpay to get me. Like, everybody overpays in free agency. That's how it works. Right. He didn't ask for it. The Flyers probably threw that number at him and were like, this is what we want you for. And he's like, damn, let's do it, you know? Yeah, boy. So, But he's got to produce like a 2C because that's the role that, I'm sure was discussed in in contract terms, obviously nothing on paper, but they're like, we need a 2C you're the guy that we want for 2C so there's some pressure on him
2: Yeah, yeah. I just don't think that pressure will get to a point where it's like, oh man, can we think about moving this guy? And
1: immediately I don't think it's that pressing, but when you look down the line, what's going to happen when Nolan Patrick starts to outperform him? Are you going to pay him $7 million a year to be our 3C? Yeah That's Uh, where it gets a little sticky. Right. So, hot seat or not? Not. I'm going to go hot seat. How, though? I I understand your organizational approach here, where it's more so the organization than him, but he's the one that put his name on that dotted line knowing the expectations. You know, he could have went somewhere else to a club with less expectations.
2: I guess... Maybe our definition of hot seat is different, so we should probably iron that out real quick. So when I think of a, somebody on the hot seat, I think of their job is on the line. Or and when it comes to a player, like there's a risk that they're going to be moved because we're unhappy with their performance. Okay, that's so. What do you think of?
1: I just for hot seat, I think it's someone put into a position where they need to perform, which everybody on the team needs to perform to an extent. But given the expectations of the role that Kevin Hayes is going to be playing on this team, as a 2C, that's a pretty big responsibility. And at $7 million a year, that kind of mounts the expectations for him.
2: Okay, yeah, I get that. I mean, I just like to throw in that consequence factor, right? Oh. Will there be a consequence? And then that's kind of how I – because I think everybody's got pressure. Oh, yeah. But like
0: Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
2: That's how you throw in that kind of hot seat aspect to
1: it. But And if we're talking consequences too, he has a no movement clause. There, let's be right. honest, there's not much of a consequence. If he underperforms, you're going to try to stash that in the AHL? No. Right.
2: No, I mean he could, and that's why he's not on the hot seat for me because he could literally have a twenty-point season and will complain about how bad of a deal this was, but he's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, that's a management problem. That's somebody that signed him to that deal. That's their problem. Right. So moving on to another seven million dollar player, we have James Van Riemsdyk. Good old JVR. Hot seat.
2: Why would he be on the hot seat, John? I mean, if he doesn't produce, I mean, you know, this guy, we brought him in because he's a goal scorer, and that's what we need from him. Mm-hmm. So if he can't put, I'm just really quick looking to see. So he scored 27 goals last year. So if he can't score that or higher, I could see conversations starting. Like, is there something that they could get for JVR? Will they be able to get rid of his cap hit? Is it the time to maybe he's on the decline? So, that's why he would be on the hot seat if he starts to show signs of a decline and that he's not going to be that scoring threat. It's somewhat similar for me
1: uh, to compare him to Kevin Hayes because you've got a guy underneath him on that third line that could, I shouldn't say potentially outperform him, but let's be honest, Lindblom's progressing really well.
2: Right, And, and there's no... I mean, we don't know for a fact that JVR is even going to be on that second line. I mean, Mm -hmm. we both like him there, but he could be on the third line.
1: You're right, but $7 million is a hefty price to pay for a third-line winger. So, you know, you look at it and say, you know, for that role, $7 million is a lot. And he's got to stay healthy. Injuries have never been a huge problem for JVR, but last year missing those 16 games at the beginning of the year... Imagine if he played those 60, 16 games. My apologies. He probably would have eclipsed 50 points, 30 goals. That's what we wanted when we initially signed him. And at even strength, he's great. 35 of those points came at even strength. So we need that. We need even strength right. scoring. Right. Yeah, so overall, JVR, hot seat or not?
2: Uh, I'm going to have to go no. I mean, I th- I think that if he's... I mean, I think that if we're struggling as a team, there are going to be other players ahead of him that are going to be kind of the scapegoat before he would. I agree. So, yeah, I'm going to go
1: not. Yeah, I'm going to go not as well. I think there's other players, and obviously it depends on performance, but other players should be of bigger concern than JBR. I think he's going to come out and do his job. Yep. Yeah. So for the aforementioned Lindblom, we
2: move on to him. No, no way. There's, no way? I, I don't think so. I can't think of a reason why this guy would be on the hot seat. I mean, okay. I, I'll just quickly throw in something. Again, if the team as a whole is underperforming and they just need to make some moves, maybe he gets put in a, a bad package just to prove a point. I think that would be a really stupid idea. But he's young. He's trending in the right direction. I, I can't see it.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you. I don't think he's on the hot seat at all. He's a third-line winger, presumably, again, with second-line upside. Um, and he's progressing very well. You know, He played 81 games this past year, only had 33 points, but still, for a third-line winger to produce that, it, it's not bad. There's more pressing concerns uh, than a guy like Lindblom. But if you're going to put him on the hot seat, what would you put him on there for? I, can't, I honestly can't think of anything. I My biggest thing, man, is just it's a contract year for him. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's not necessarily putting him on the hot seat, but putting some expectations there and saying, if you want to get paid, you're going to have to produce. And we all saw it when he first got caught up. Like, look how snake bit he was. But the perseverance right. to break through and start scoring, that guy was relentless. And if he can bring that kind of mentality with him, obviously this coming up year, I see yep. no reason for this guy to be in the hot seat even for the next few years. I really don't unless they sign him to some egregious contract, which I just don't see happening.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: So then we move on to our captain, Claude Giroux. Yep.
2: Are they on the is is Claude Giroux on the hot seat for you at all? Big time. Really? and I Really. And I think it's completely out of his control. Okay. I think that if this team does not meet expectations or takes a step backwards or have a, has a year like last year, he could score 120 points. They're going to throw that hole. Well, Claude Giroux is not a good leader. Claude Giroux is the leader of this core. This core is not working. And I do think there will be a lot of pressure and – Possibly some trade talks.
1: You want to hear something funny? Yeah. Maybe not funny, but something that I'm thinking of. Since he took the captaincy, he's been on the hot seat. Exactly. No, that's a perfect way to put it. Every captain's always on the hot seat. Dustin Brown lost the captaincy in L.A. because he just wasn't performing to the standards of a captain. And, but, well, or that contract. <laughs> that contract, too, yeah. But that also kind of right. that's lumps in with it. Yeah. Um, but he's the best player we have. Let's be honest.
2: So I completely agree with you.
1: It, it's yes. I will give a definitive yes. He's on the hot seat. But like you said, it's out of his control. He's the captain. Yep. He's always going to be on the hot seat. He could put up, like you said, 120 points. And right. people would be like, oh, they only made it to the second round of the playoffs. Or, oh, you know, they just barely missed the playoffs. But it's like a lot of that blame could really fall on the supporting cast that they put around him, if – They underperform as well.
2: Right. I mean, you know, the thing is, is like this is a really big year for the Flyers in general. There's a lot of changes that have been made. We're kind of changing the direction. It's no longer this whole patience. We're waiting for everybody. We want to win. And if we don't take the step in that direction that everyone's expecting, there's going to be a scapegoat. That's just the way life works in all aspects of life. There's and, always somebody who gets thrown to the wolves. And Giroux's the easiest to do so. Yep, because he's the captain.
1: You're right. Then if we're going to move on to the next person, we have Michael Roffle. Hot seat or not? No. Yeah,
2: that's... No. No. I mean, jeez, he, he, 1.6 million. I mean... Yeah, come He's on. just a bottom six guy. No yeah. pressure.
1: Much to the same tune as Scott Lawton. He knows his role on the fourth line. He's even, right. in past years, plugged up to the... He was playing on the first line for a little bit years back, but the guy knows right. his role on the team. He's good on the PK, playing those tough minutes, and the fourth line is shaping up to be a pretty good line this year. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's a quick no, not on the hot seat. Now,
2: this one's going to be fun. Okay. Jake Borachek. Yes, yeah. I think he naturally just has to be. Um, again, he falls into that core conversation. You know, he's a huge cap hit, eight point two five mil, mm-hmm. longer than Giroux too. You know, so. But again, it's if the team's not succeeding, it's not necessarily if Jake Voracek is having a good year. Okay. Jake
1: Voracek's the second easiest scapegoat, aside yep. from Quad Giroux, to pin the blame on. Yep, 100%. Due to his cap hit, due to the fact that he's making that much and putting up 60-point seasons, which, don't get me wrong, not bad, but when you think about it, there's players in this league making less than him and outperforming him by a wide margin.
2: Right, Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Jake Voracek to me is always a player that it's like, you're fine with it. But you'd love more and you think that there should be more, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just feel like he's kind of settled into this playmaking role where he's just going to have a ton of assists. But there could be more if he was willing to take that extra. I don't know
1: if he was smarter with the puck. Right. (laughs) Um, But he's essentially the third most important forward on this team behind Giroux and Couturier. So, right with that comes expectations. If he doesn't meet those expectations, we've heard everybody's gripe with him. You know, we know that, but I would say hot seat for sure. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Then the next guy we get to is Travis connect I love this guy.
2: And this is an interesting one too, right? Because it kind of depends on the, on the um, contract that he signs. Oh, 100%. Right. I mean, typically I don't like to, people who get new contracts typically won't be on the hot seat. I don't think that it looks good for a GM to sign somebody and then trade them. So, I mean, it makes them look like idiots. So, I don't really think he's on the hot seat regardless. But
1: I get notifications on NHL 18 where they're like, yeah, I still play NHL 18. They're like, you just signed this guy and traded him. That just dropped his morale. And I'm like, he's not
2: on my team anymore. I don't care. Right. You know, there's <laughs> another video game that does that too. I can't remember. It's another sports one, but they don't – like players won't sign with you if you just trade guys that like you've just recently acquired. Maybe if they didn't suck. Like right. I wouldn't trade them, but – And I just like trading people. That's why I play video games.
1: I know. My attention spans uh, – you can't see it, but I'm holding up fingers. That It's small. Um, <laughs> right. But you're right. This all hinges on the contract. And if he signs for the alleged four to four and a half million, like Jason Mertitas tweeted out about a week and a half ago, I want to say, okay. You know, yeah. but the guy's on the verge of 30 goals per season, 50 points per season at 22 years old. Exactly. This, if people are going to tell us that Travis me is on the hot seat, if they're going to tell us that he needs to perform, I'm going to tell you to quote, my buddy here, John Gove, pump the brakes. You know, <laughs> I haven't said that in a while. I know. I, I was just thinking that. All right. <laughs> um, should we even get into Tyler Pitlick? No, no, he's not on the hot seat. I'm not worried. Next guy, we get to the defense, and okay. we're gonna start off with the big guy, Ivan Provorov.
2: Oh, so this is diff- there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. on Ivan Provorov if he ever signs, but I don't think he's on the hot seat. No, like this... This guy, he's going to have to live up to the contract that he signs, but Chuck Fletcher's not trading him if he underperforms.
1: No, and this... I mean, we'll go back to what we were talking about last week. The rumor is that McAvoy and Warensky both could potentially be signing bridge deals. Right. Which means less AAV, which means, honestly, less expectations. Not to a grand extent, but last year was his contract year. He underperformed. He needs to bounce back. That's why I'd put him on the hot seat. But he also hasn't had a strong supporting cast, much to what we said last week as well. If you get him that and see what he does, I'm sure that people are going to be like, oh, we're good. You know, he's fine. Everything's good.
2: Right. And I just go back to the, you know, you're not going to deal somebody that you just signed to an extension.
1: Absolutely not. I mean, you think. McAvoy has a strong supporting cast. Wronski does as well. He's got Seth Jones. Proverbs yep. had Sanheim. Sanheim's young. He, now he's got yep. Niskanen. Niskanen's on the decline. Let's let's wait this one out until we reach a concrete right. verdict. Right. Yeah. So then, as for Matt Niskanen, are you gonna? I mean, we just acquired him, so you probably aren't going to put him on the hot seat. But is there a little bit of a pr- of pressure for him?
2: Certainly pressure because he's brought into. I mean definitely be a top four maybe even a top two guy you know chuck fletcher is pretty much saying i trust you to bring our defense to the next level um so there's certainly pressure there but yeah i no hot seat for me because he was just acquired
1: yeah i'm not gonna put a ton of stock into it either i think that you know there he was expected he was brought in and expected to mentor Provorov. if yep. Provorov isn't there those expectations mount because then he's he needs to perform like a top pairing defenseman cuz that's more than likely where they're going to put him. Yep. But I just I definitely see Prohorov signing eventually, but also 2 years left on a $5 million contract and if he's going to hold that top pairing hostage from a guy like Travis Sanheim if he develops the way we want him to develop, that's kind of when his seat gets a little hotter. Right. You know, but for the most part I don't see Niskanen being much on the hot seat as well agree so then to the next newly acquired defenseman we have Justin Braun
2: no 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 I mean is there even a conversation to be had here it's a one year deal you're right
1: it's did they overpay a bit sure yeah but let's be honest too Braun's kind of what we want Haig to be but better yep so you know everybody hates Robert Haig it's like that show everybody hates Chris um, but poor, poor Bob I know we'll get to Bob Haig here in a second Um, but there's if he fails then okay don't re-sign him that's it right and exactly of, we have enough defensemen right now to the point where we could bench him and put him up in the press box and just right. say have fun earning your what two three million dollars whatever it is that he's being 3. paid 3.8 3. 3. 8, 8. Yeah. earn your 3.8 eating soft pretzels up in the press box with the rest of us you know we, one of us will probably see him up there yeah yeah, so no, <laughs> Justin Braun's not on the hot seat. Now we get to some of the more tenured flyers. We have.
0: It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe
2: in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission... Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbpgovernor slash careers. Travis Sanheim. Absolutely not. This guy is part of the future of the Flyers blue line.
1: Yeah. I. The most encouraging thing that I saw was the fact that last year, with less ice time, he outperformed our so-called top defenseman in Ivan Provorov. More yep. points, just was better all around. And right has the potential to be the top power play guy too.
2: Yeah, I mean and if he takes a step back, he's at the point in his career where it's just like, you know, it happens.
1: Yeah, rebound. You can do it. Yep. yep. You're young enough that it's not going to taint people's views of you. Just, you know, have a better year. Yep. <laughs> um, the, you know, the new deal he'll get in 2 years and especially if Provorov doesn't if if Provorov doesn't play this year it adds expectations to every defenseman because everybody True. slots
2: up a role. Right. And again, there's pressure, but that's different than being on the hot seat.
1: Exactly. The pressure mounts, but still, it's like you can almost give them a mulligan and just say, listen, we didn't really prepare you for this because right. we thought Provrov was going to sign. So kind of yep. write it off a bit. Then if we're going to talk power play like we just did with Sandheim, we're going to get to Shane Gostespair, who's been a power play mainstay for the
2: Flyers here for the yeah. past what 4 years, I believe. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I'm putting him on the hot um, seat. Oh, me too. And actually I made a, a statement that Claude Giroux is like the king of the hot seat. I, I think at the end of the season he will be if we if we fail. If we're doing poorly come trade deadline, Shane Gossespier is the one who goes.
1: I agree in principle. I personally, in my heart, don't like that idea.
2: <laughs> oh, no. Neither do I, but I'm not talking about it from a personal standpoint. But, yeah. like, he's the one where it's like, okay, you know what? We're – I'm just going to make up a, a number. We're 13 games out of first place. The trade deadline is a week away. We need to do something to just show we're not going to mess around anymore. Shane Goss' beer is kind of plateaued. You know what? That's who we're dealing because. It's a contract that you can deal during the season. Jeruz or Voracek's typically those are really hard to deal during the season. Yeah,
1: and I'm gonna pull like a reverse R. Kelly here, where it's like, my mind is telling me no, like my mind's telling me right. yes, you know, but my body, right. my body. You're stealing my shtick. I don't like it. I'm I'm better than you at this. I'm gonna be honest. Maybe not my wife not. has the voice of an angel, and I've been learning. So just be ready. Okay. Derek Bob's right. gonna sing a lot more on this podcast.
2: Listen, <laughs> my 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 wife is a good cook. That doesn't mean I'm a better cook than you.
1: Well, you're not because I'm a phenomenal cook. Because I well, don't cook ser- here.
2: I'm certainly not a phenomenal cook. You're a phenomenal I, I person, be, John. I order. I mean, when it's my night to cook, I order takeout or reheat leftovers.
1: See, but that honestly is probably better than anything I'd cook anyway. So, yeah, true. As we digress, we get back to the course here. Goss is on the hot seat for me just because of the comments that he made. You know, we all know he's not happy. Um, he, he was benched last year. Haxtell benched him, and yes, new coach. Vino is much that was, different. That was, two year, that was two years ago, wasn't he, it, that he was benched? Yeah, he did get – well, he, this is – he was benched to try to light a fire up under him. And then this past year, he kind of fell out of favor, didn't right. get much ice time. Um, right. But – this guy, like you said, I believe when we were talking about line combos and stuff like that, he would be perfect for a specialized role on defense where he just quarterbacks that that power play and yep. gets a sheltered amount of minutes because there are deficiencies in his defensive game, but his offensive game for a defenseman is phenomenal. Right. Yeah. I agree with you. Two years ago, he had 65 points. Like The, the guy is definitely there with his, yep. with his offense, but... Hot seat, definitely. Um, He just – he's got to shut up and play. I I hate to say that um, like that, but he does. Agree. Agree. Then we move on down the blue line to Phil Myers. Phil Myers is presumably going to be on the blue line for the Flyers
2: this year. Yep. Um, What do you think? Ah, No. I mean, it's a contract year, so you could say there's pressure and you know with having somebody like Cam York and you know the idea that there's always going to be kids looking to take those spots there's pressure but i don't I, I don't see it being like if if he's performing poorly he's going to be traded no i don't think he will either but by my
1: standards i think the seat's a bit hot just because There's eight people on the blue line, and Myers is kind of on the fringe there because he's competing with Haig, who's played the past two seasons, and then you've got a hungry Sam Morin that wants to get into that NHL lineup. Um, He's got more offensive upside than both of them. He's younger than them. If he needs to go back down to grow a bit, he can. I don't want that. Right. But he could if he wanted to. It's just the fact that, that this is remnant of two years ago when it was Sanheim, Hague, and Morin battling it out for that sixth defenseman spot. Right Now you've got the same two guys in Hagen, and Morin, but you have Myers because Sanheim's already established himself. Yep. So yeah. overall, no, he's not on the hot seat, but he's definitely got some expectations on his shoulders that he needs to
2: live up to. Oh, certainly. Yeah.
1: Now, Iron Man, Bobby Hague... <laughs> we We have not patented that yet, but I'm looking into it. All
2: right. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess so, just because he's one of those players where it's like you can deal him and it would be fine so he might find himself a part of a trade. But he is what he is at this point. Yeah. Imagine though, we start out in the
1: Czech Republic against Chicago, yep and the two guys that are sitting in the press box from the blue line. Sam Morn and Phil Myers. Right. Robert Haig takes their spot in the lineup. If he beats out a guy like Myers for a roster spot, it's going to be bloody. It's going to be bad. Fans right. fans are going to go nuts.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just don't think there's a whole lot of pressure on this guy. You know, we kind of know what he's going to be. He's he has one more year on him. If he stinks, we don't have to reset. We don't have to re-sign him and if if he stinks we just stick him up in the press box.
1: Yeah, and we've discussed this as well. It's it's so similar to the situation we were in with Brandon Manning. You know, young guy. Yeah. Not yep. I should yeah, young, but like at the same rate he's not making a ton of money. If you want right. to stash him in the press box, stash him in the press box. Okay, fine. Right. You know, he's got nothing to gain from going to Lehigh Valley. He's nope. got I don't think he's going to show us anything more than what he already has. No, nope, I don't I, think so either. I think he might be destined for the press box this year, which not a bad gig. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so to round out defensemen, we talk about Sam Morin here. Um, yep. th- it, it can get so complicated with this guy, but to try to simplify it all, what, what do you think?
2: Yes, and I think... It's completely out of his control because who knows if he's even going to be given the opportunity. But he's just one of those guys where, like, if we're not playing him, if he hasn't earned a roster spot and he's sitting in the press box, he comes into the where he's like the perfect trade ship because you still have a young guy. If it's a change of setting where there's more of a fit there, you know, maybe somebody's willing to deal for him. So by default, he just becomes on the hot seat because it's a. It, it's a player where we could trade, and there actually might be a decent return there.
1: Yeah, this is his prove it year as well, you know. But is he going to be able to prove it? Because if you try to send him down, he could clear. Does he
2: clear waivers? If you play him, at whose expense? Exactly, and that's the thing. It's so out of his control. Because if if he doesn't play, is it really his fault? Uh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's he a was- very interesting one. If he's going to
1: play, he's going to have to outperform Phil Myers, in my opinion. And that's going to be a very difficult thing to do.
2: And even if he does in the preseason, are the coaches going to go, oh, you know what, we're going to put Morin over Myers? Or are they just going to go, oh, it's just the preseason. We would need to see more.
1: Morin could, or not Morin, Myers could still go down to the Phantoms without having to clear waivers if
2: I'm correct. I believe you're correct. Low Low risk. Yeah, but I don't think they'll do that.
1: I don't think they will either, but it might be, if you want to find out what Sam bourne has got at the NHL level and if he can stay healthy, that's how you're going to have to do
2: it. Yeah, I know. I I mean, I've said this over and over again. I just think that his fit and his time with the Flyers is done. I think that, you know, whether it was because of him or injuries or anything, this guy's time's passed. Yeah. And I, I think that, this team is not going to risk games by seeing what they have in more. And when they they want to win a Stanley Cup, I mean, I don't think they're there yet, but they want to win a Stanley Cup. So they're not going to go, hey, let's just give this guy a shot and see what happens and possibly risk losing a game. They're not in the position to do that right now. And so be it.
1: Right, right? He's going to become a casualty of those circumstances, which sucks. But, hey, right.
2: it is what it is. When they were in the position to do it he was hurt unfortunately it's just it hasn't worked out
1: you're right so now we're gonna to get to the final two players that we discuss. we have first off Brian Elliott hot seat or no
2: no no I mean how who's gonna who's gonna replace him
1: my my man Kirill Domenko
2: oh yeah <laughs> no he's on a one year deal he's gonna be the backup or 1B or whatever you wanna call it I don't I don't think there's a hot seat there. And trading goalies is so hard to do during the season.
1: Oh for sure. Now what if he gets so. hurt
2: though? Okay, so you don't sign him again, which they're probably not gonna do anyway.
1: Okay, and that gets into another rabbit hole that we're not gonna venture down today. Right. Um but yeah, I don't think he's on the hot seat much. He just he just needs to stay healthy. That's all we ask. Somebody right. competent enough, because when he is healthy, he is competent enough to back up Carter Hart, whether it's the you know, one A, one B or one two. Which leads us to our final person we're going to discuss, the net messiah, Carter Hart.
2: Like, of course, he's not on the hot seat. I mean, if he ends up having a year where you know a 21, 22-year-old is expected to have a year in the NHL and he doesn't perform the way we're all expecting okay, maybe people start overreacting and going, is he really the answer? But no, this guy's not on the hot seat. He's 21 years old. He's our future in net. Just shut up. There's definitely pressure, but no. This guy's not getting traded.
1: The Flyers are not going to look to move him anywhere. He's here. He's going to stay. And that's that.
2: What do you think? Coaching staff? Coaching staff, no. I just think it... Brand new team. I mean, it, there's always the excuse where it's like, "Well, this is my first go round with this team." If maybe they lose the first ten games naturally,
0: people Vigneault are going to be
2: put on the hot seat. But no, I don't. I don't see it. Fletcher. Oh hell yeah! I like that. I agree. I mean, because it was interesting. I didn't even plan on doing that, really. But as we were going through this list, right, I kept going, well, he's not on the hot seat because Fletcher's the one that made this move, (laughs) you know? So, like, if Kevin Hayes underperforms, that's a knock on Fletcher, not Kevin Hayes when it comes to the contract. If Niskanen underperforms, that's a knock on Fletcher. Braun, right? If... If whoever we put on the third right wing, if it turns out to be a flop, then that's pressure on Fletcher. I mean, because he didn't go out and get the right piece. If Brian Elliott gets hurt, that's pressure on Fletcher because he went out and got the wrong goaltender.
1: All decisions that Chuck Fletcher made.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. And maybe it's not fair. I mean, he's just trying his best and it's going to be his first full year, but. Naturally that's what happens. Yeah. Is he a Peter
1: Chirelli? No. God no. No one's Peter Cirelli. But is he, you know, could we say what like
2: Ron Francis? Um Oh but we don't know. You're right. With but it time won't matter. You're right, but it won't matter if all the pieces that he's acquired don't do well. And then if you if you even want to go further, say all of a sudden Cam York blows out his leg and he's never gonna be able to play hockey again, God forbid. That's going to be a knock on Fletcher. It sh- I don't think it should, but you're right. Right. Well, you know, but they can go, oh, well, he even drafted oh. wrong, you know, yeah. like,
1: yeah. well, when someone like Hextall sets such high expectations with the draft, I could see why people would be upset, but I, I wouldn't necessarily shoulder that load onto Chuck Fletcher.
2: No, you wouldn't. Uh, I mean, how are you, well, okay, so, you going to? If you're Chuck Fletcher, how are you going to foresee the fact that Cam York is going to blow out his leg? So, so maybe that's a bad example. Okay. So, let's go with a different example here. Um, Bobby Brink, or no? You know what? I'll stick with Cam York. Cam York goes out on the ice, and all of a sudden, it looks like this kid has no idea what he's doing. Everybody's skating past him. He, he just stinks. Like Space Cole, Jam
1: when those monsters take all the skills right. from Muggsy
2: Bogues and Larry right. Bird. He's Muggsy Bogues after the, <laughs> monster, the Monstar took his powers. <laughs> and and Cole Caulfield is scoring forty goals for Wisconsin. Oh. Regardless of whether or not he should be getting pressure, he's going to yeah. because people are gonna go, Well, you had a chance to draft Caulfield. He goes from Chuck Fletcher to Schmuck Fletcher. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, folks, that's it for the hot seat here, but we've got some word association for you. This is going to be
2: fun. Hopefully, I, I know what all these words mean.
1: I want to preface this and say that we got a couple because we're a PG show. You know, we don't like to, you know, I toe the line, obviously, but we don't like to go over that line. There's some we excluded, but. Yep. Maybe we'll respond to you here today on Twitter. Um, right. But the first we get from Nat Marlowe, he says, sanguine, which the definition, optimistic or positive.
2: Okay. So the the whoever it is, are we going anybody in the current organization? So it can be players or coaches or GMs and things like that?
1: I went anybody currently with the Flyers. So you could say coaches, you could say players, you could say mascots, maybe.
2: Okay, so first person that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Chuck Fletcher. Ivan Provorov. Is optimistic?
1: Yes. I'm optimistic I don't, I don't that want Ivan st- Provorov gets a deal done.
2: Oh, okay, but... <gasps> I thought Ivan Provorov had to be optimistic. I, I mean, there's different
1: circumstances to this. Like You could say, like, is it going to describe the person or is it just the first person that comes to mind when someone says okay. this word? And it's We just,
2: clearly did not talk this all out, people. The
1: rationale could be different, so we'll go with that. And we'll each right. give our reasonings. We'll keep them brief, though, because we could be here forever. Of course, yeah. We're going to keep them brief. But why would you pick who you picked?
2: Fletcher? Well, I mean, I think that he... He's going to feel like he made all the moves that are going to make this team better. So he's got to feel good about what he's done before you know the product even gets a chance.
1: Okay. I picked Pro because I'm optimistic a deal gets done.
2: Okay. Simple as Fair that. Enough. Sam, another follower, says
1: Gritty. I guess Gritty would be... Uh, <laughs> I can't say Gritty. <laughs> you, you could. I said Mascots. I did preface this with Mascots. Uh, I'll go Scott Lawton. Uh, Travis Konechny. All right, I'll Eat up, it. bud. Uh, yeah. Next guy, at UConn456, Gritty Anon says, moist. What? Yeah. You have a guy for this? Nolan Patrick. I said Claude Giroux. All right. When you think of moist, it's like wet, you know, and people are like, especially in basketball, I should say, like when you hit a jumper, you're like, that's wet, you know. Yep. Giroux just makes amazing plays and you're like, that's wet, you know, as the kids would say.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to go into my reasoning for Nolan Patrick, <laughs> if that's okay.
1: It's okay. You know, you can share it with us. Or are you just
2: mm-hmm. not confident? Nope? No, okay. it's, it, no, it's, the, it's the, you know, the, <laughs> the, yeah, no. Nope. Gotcha. Just well, not.
1: that's good because we've got a few more to get through here. We've got Robert who gave us four words. So first word, vanity, pride in your own appearance, or vain? Oh,
2: man. Kevin Hayes. I got Nolan Patrick. All right. Well, I'll go Kevin Hayes because homeboy just scored a deal.
1: True. I went Nolan Patrick because you always see him flipping his hair, which all hockey players do if they've got long hair. But, you all know, right. running his hands through his hair. And... Next guy, next word, is clown. You go first. I said Jake Voracek because he looks like one. And I'm already blocked, so who cares?
2: <laughs> I was going to go Claude Giroux because he thinks he's funny.
1: I oh, that, that sucks. <laughs> next one yeah. we have millennial
2: Ugh, i don't even wanna
1: i i hate this word i really do because there's some phenomenal millennials out there and it's like me such a negative well are we millennials yeah technically
2: yeah so it's, no i'm not even That Sorry. word's I'm, garnered
1: such a negative connotation right. i if i even had to say anything i just say gritty because millennials are probably the ones that came up with who gritty is
2: sure yeah it's that stereotype thing i'm not even gonna dive in because
1: yeah it's bull um, last yeah. one from sorry, Robert. Robert. Yeah, sorry pal but your last one Gluttony Greed or In Excess not the band <laughs> oh I've, I've been Provorov uh, I went Kevin Hayes uh, for the uh, same reasons I'm assuming is what you went with yeah. Proverov for yep yeah Flyers Faithfuls Potential
2: hmm oh man I, I've got I've got an answer, but it kind of goes outside the box here. Go for it. Whoever fills that three uh, right wing, third right wing spot.
1: Ah, okay. I like it. I went Carter Hart. That, that's another good one. Guy's got all the potential in the world. So move on. Fellow podcaster, our buddy Angry Jim says Peg. P-E-G,
2: Peg. So like, you just kind of stick him there. And... Yeah. <laughs> Justin Braun. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, me too. Yeah, because he's just kind of there to yeah. do a thing. And I, I just feel like he could hold up
1: another younger player down by garnering that fourth uh, defenseman or third defenseman spot. Right. Yeah. Lucas Rettel, our buddy from the Czech Republic, I believe. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Lucas, if I messed that up. Dedication.
2: This is a good one. I'm going to go to Claude Giroux.
1: Sean Couturier. All right. Why'd you go Giroux?
2: Just because, I mean, nobody can question all of what he's put into this organization. His flexibility with kind of changing his position over the years, um, kind of taking responsibility for the team's failures when they're it's not necessarily his fault. Guy's just dedicated to making this organization what it once was.
1: I like it. I went Couturier because he had a hat trick on a torn ACL two years ago, but it still <laughs> so happened. There you go. Um, Jenna the Flyers fan. Jenna the Flyer fan. I don't know. Rumbling. What?
2: Um. Rumbling. Um, like
1: rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. You know?
2: It's like somebody falling over all the time.
1: I mean, Hartnell's not part of the team anymore, so we can use that. I know.
2: That would be the answer to that. I'm trying <laughs> to think of somebody like rumbling out of the. I put hate. Out of the. Because, like, you sure. know,
1: rumbling, he's hitting everybody. Or at least, you know, the registered hits that they count and keep tally of. That works for me. I, you know, I don't really have one. Yeah. Okay. Robert DelVal. I'm assuming DelVal's Delaware Valley. Pigeon. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk. Yeah. I was going to say, if we didn't have the same one there, I'd be extremely disappointed. Now, it could be Claude Drew because he's the one who called him a pigeon. That, but. I, that was my reasoning behind JVR, so I see it. Right. Yeah. Luke Iriniak says, joint.
2: <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna go uh, Jig Voracek because I bet you he sparks it once in a while.
1: I went Lindblom because blom looks like sunshine from Remember the Titans, mm-hmm. and I he's like, like that California kid. He looks like he could probably spark one up every now and then. Right. <laughs> uh, David Schwass, Stone Hands. Stone Hands. Stone Hands. <laughs> Can you go first? I said Sam Morin because that dude's got freaking rocks for hands. The way he throws them in those fights, good God.
2: Yeah, I'll go Curtis Gabriel because that's about all he can do.
1: Yeah, that's true. You're not wrong. <laughs> right. I know. Benjamin Maluski says, need. Not needing dough, like need, N-E-E-D. Right. Like, I uh, need it. Sean Couturier. Ivan Provorov. <laughs> Yeah, Need him to return to form.
2: Right. Well, I think we need Sean Couturier to do what Sean Couturier does in order for us to be successful.
1: I like that. That's good reasoning. Uh, Weapon X looks to be a, uh, an Eagles fan that follows PSN for that. So I'm glad he actually you know, responded to us. So thank you. He says, upside down. Almost disqualified him because it's two words.
0: But oh. we'll accept
1: it. Upside so, down. Upside down.
2: Um, all right, I'm going to go Robert Haig because it doesn't matter if you're standing upright or upside down, you're still going to get the same thing on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful.
1: You like that? That was, oh, I love it. That's probably going to be my best one. <laughs> I, to this point, I think so. I went Nolan Patrick because, oh. like me, Nolan Patrick has two first names. So, you know, flip it upside down, whatever you want to say. Patrick Nolan. Okay. Yeah. That works. A little different, but outside the box, if you will. Nick Hunsicker, I believe mm-hmm. our number number one fan here. Dolphin. Dolphin.
2: Dolphin. Dolphin. Shane Goss's beer. And why is that? Because I could just picture him, like, going up against the waves, going uh... – Making that dolphin noise with those little <laughs> flippers—I don't know the correct dolphin noise, but I can picture it in my head, and I can just see him doing I would, it. I would attempt it,
1: but one, the mic would go completely berserk and overmodulated, and two, I'm just not confident in the fact that I'd do it correctly. Um, <laughs> I picked—I picked Sean Couturier. Okay. Um, dolphins are very intelligent um, living things. And mm-hmm. I believe Sean Couturier is a very intelligent man. Okay. <laughs> uh, our buddy who we haven't heard from in a while, Matthias Westerland. Yeah. Yeah. He gave us the word pile driver. Like tombstone pile driver. Like, by God, that man's got a family.
2: <laughs> pile driver. Oh, well, now I'm thinking Carter Hart, just because when he makes a save, I could hear. What was his, what was his name? Jim cool, Ross. J.R. JR, yep. just saying that kind of stuff. By God, God what a save by <laughs> Carter! Hart.
1: I I picked Sam Morin just because, you know, you you'd know. hate
2: to get a pile driver from him.
1: I'd hate to get a pile driver from really anybody on that team because I'm just I'm not in shape for that. But Morin, big physical. Imagine that dude dropping you on your head. Yeah. Now the next one comes from our buddy Chadley. <laughs> Chadley says molasses. So they're real slow. Yeah, real slow and just, ugh, you know, mm. Um, you want me to go? Yeah. Brian Elliott. <laughs> okay. I just, he's always looked really slow post to post for me and, you know, probably due to his core injury, but nonetheless,
2: right. I'm going to go Tyler Pitlick just because I've never seen him skate. I haven't. Watch Tyler Pitlick highlights, okay. so uh, so he's gonna be slow for me.
1: All right, now Jordy Fighter one four one, and we almost disqualified him as well because this is two words, but mm-hmm. then he rescinded and said the um, abbreviation for it, Liam Jenkins, and I sh- we he appropriately corrected it to LJ.
2: Yep. So <laughs> I mean, Liam Jenkins is our fearless leader. Yes, he is. So. I could go two ways on this. I go both. You want me to go both? I go both ways. So Claude Giroux because he's the leader on the ice, right? Chuck Fletcher because he's the guy behind the scenes doing all the the things.
1: I went Carter Hart. What? His baby face. (laughs) Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's. I just they both have a British accent. I, I don't think Carter Hart has a British accent. No, he doesn't. I mean, I'm sure he could probably mimic one like I've done so many times when talking to him. But right. talking to Liam, that is. No, not Carter Hart would <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Oh, Just man. We'd, we, would lose, a British accent. we would lose all access to the team if we ever did yeah. that. <laughs> but our last word association word comes from Leah, who actually tweeted this at us today. And
2: she said, ostrich ostrich um i'm gonna go kevin hayes
1: i'm gonna go michael raffle okay raffles it looks like at least he's got a pretty long neck so
2: yeah i can just i could just picture kevin hayes like face on an ostrich body running across wherever ostriches are
1: now think about it like this ostriches like to dig their heads in the sand yep Okay, are you going to still stick with Kevin Hayes? No, I'm going to go Shane Goss' beer. Digging his head in the sand? Yeah. I'm going to go with Jake Voracek. Okay. Because once he starts out the season, 10 games, no points, he's going to want to dig his head in the sand. There it is. Block me again, Jake. Just kidding. <laughs> you can't because you already did. Anyways, folks, <laughs> that's been the Pot Street Bullies episode 31. John, let everybody know here where they can
2: find you. You can find me on Twitter at John P. Gove. You can find my articles at Philly Sports Network. Um, you can also find my sweet and sensual voice here on Pod Street Bullies every week.
1: And I am Derek. I You can find all of my work on the same website, PhiladelphiaSportsNetwork.com. You can find me at PuckBobPSN on Twitter. Always follow the Pod Street Bullies Twitter account as well. Folks. That's all Derek, by the way. So anybody who's mad all him yeah put the blame on me you know (laughs) just just shovel it on why not you know blame blame me because i like having some fun whatever anyways find us on itunes not itunes anymore apple Podcasts. subscribe comment let us know how much you love us if you hate us shut your mouth find us on spotify find us on iHeartRadio, spreaker everything else in between but for now folks have a wonderful rest of your week and as always let's go flyers